People often come to yoga to escape suffering or recover from burnout or confusion or be healed of some trauma, which all amount to the same. And they discover that the way to do that is to lead a pure life, to realize God, to be liberated from Maya. And they come to realize that those are all the same. And in the process, they come to realize that the linchpin that determines success or failure is the willingness to let go of the I thought. And everything that has supported the egoic identity and kept it with some illusory existence and that illusory existence comes from maintaining a circuit of repetitive affect. And everyone chooses their own specialty in terms of affect. For some it's paranoia. For others it's just a general worry. For others it's jouissance. For others it's anger. For others it's sexual desire. For others, it's some kind of an aesthetic idealization that produces certain kinds of affects and feelings. Everyone has their own specialty that keeps the egoic identity in an illusory flow that produces an existential circuit of highs and lows, of angst, and dread at one end and some sense of attainment of ambition and superiority at the other. Neither are stable. And eventually that circuit itself becomes recognized as the source of suffering and that it is futile in terms of leading to any breakthrough into any real that can be sustained and not lost and diffused as soon as it has been achieved. Because every enjoyment, every gratification is momentary. Every object of desire will one day leave or become undesirable from one moment to another an object of desire becomes an object of repulsion. And so the desire to be an object of desire becomes the source of suffering. And the desire to possess objects of desire becomes a source of suffering. Because everything is a flux and its values change from positive to negative and what appears disappears. And what is attractive becomes repulsive. And desire turns into remorse. 
It doesn't take a great many years of experience for this mapping of the plane of reality to have been accomplished. And yet even though that futility has been recognized for a long time, people hold on to it and continue to play the game, although the returns are diminishing and the negative side of the ledger keeps increasing. And as the body ages, there's less and less jouissance that can be attained and more suffering. And eventually the balance becomes such that one wants out of the game, the resistances are less. But one cannot escape the game if one does not recognize that there is an outside to the game. And for the ego, there is no outside. The game is all there is. And so to get outside of the game requires a getting outside of oneself. And because oneself is produced by affect and the affect is produced by signifiers, one must get outside of language, outside of thought, outside of the mind that one thinks of as one's own, but is only one's own because of the illusion of the I-thought. And thus begins the serious effort of meditation. At some point, if one's heart is opened to that presence and intelligence that lies beyond the ego mind, that is responsible for the capacity to think, to use language, to be able to understand reality and have distance from identifications and alienations into the sensual realm, that strength of will, when one seeks to know what is the source of the power to think, to will, and to feel, and one traces through a continuity of attention one's consciousness back to that source, one breaks through. And the illusion once transcended leads to a portal into a realm of light. A realm of light and of non-ordinary feeling states of love, of joy, of bliss that the ego has never known and can never know. And a peace that passes the capacity to understand because it is not based on anything in the world. It is that beyond, that transcendent real that cannot be described or possessed or in any way related to except through surrender. And the surrender is simply the surrender of the illusory I thought that has been the cause of one's separation from that ultimate goodness. And as the tendency 
to flee from this goodness back into the known realms of the circuit of the ego's desire and fear and remorse. And the strange attractors produced by traumas and triggered by signifiers and events that produce projections of past templates of experience that had produced those traumas that create all of the various emotions of the ego. And all of that is seen with a detached eye from this higher inner space, this deeper depth of awareness. It becomes recognizable that all of these contents of consciousness also appear and disappear and have no reality other than what one has invested in them. And through the simple process of disinvesting, of losing interest, of not caring to going around that merry-go-round or roller coaster ride any longer, but simply staying in the coolness and the calmness and the transcendent peace and recognition of goodness and love and truth begin to override the habit patterns of loss of that sweetness of being into the sour and bitter existence of the ego. And the choice becomes a choiceless letting go of an I thought that has no function, that is only the producer of all of the suffering that has been plaguing one's consciousness. And in that very instant of the letting go, peace fills the heart and the mind. And so the key to the Satyogi's success is the cultivation of the wisdom of the heart that recognizes the value of this transcendent peace and love and silence and stillness and eternal presence over the flux of jouissance and suffering and angst and paranoia and attachment and greed that have produced all of the unhappiness that cannot be rectified by continuing to maintain that same pattern. And eventually the wisdom of the heart overcomes the ego's desire to get more because more turns out to be less. And the more one has in terms of objects or money that can buy objects, the more fear one has of losing it and the more emptiness there is because of the more alienation from relationships with those with whom one would have to share 
such illusory which riches and would have to give away the illusory wealth if one wanted to have any of the support of friendship or love, community, or all of the values for which all of those more gross objects were ultimately only useful to attain. And in that recognition that the value of love is much greater than the value of things, and that the value of that ultimate source of love is greater even than the value of the love between those who are still within the I thought, that ultimate love and ultimate intelligence and ultimate power is accepted in exchange for the letting go of all the rest. And in that acceptance of the supreme offering of the highest value that does not disappear and is not in the grip of time or space and cannot be lost so long as one does not choose to be lost from that. There is a kind of security, a kind of peace that no money can buy and no friendship can give you, no sexual relationship can give you, no otherness can give you, not even nature can give you because all of that is an illusion projected by that very source. And the properties of that illusion inevitably imply the need to have those very treasures be the cause of suffering so that the relationship with the source can be renewed at a higher level of wisdom. And so all comes down to that wealth that is the wisdom of the heart that is gained only through the loss of all the false wealth and is gained eternally through that realization produced by the wisdom that the heart is the only real self, not the mind's thoughts and not the affects produced by the ego's false heart, but only by that one heart that is the heart of God, that is our one self. May we abide as the heart mind of the Supreme One and radiate that goodness, that light, that love, that blessing of peace to all who have not yet been liberated from the veil of Maya.